Let's get all sorted. I'm James. And I'm Jeff. Today we start this podcast on a solid foundation. Well, I don't know if I'd call those old bass plates solid. As always, if you want to check out links to everything we're talking about today, head over to BreakingDads.com. BreakingDads.com? BreakingDads.com. Uh, you can leave us comments there, or you can find us on Twitter. I'm at still sorting. And if you like what you're doing, please let someone else know about the podcast. Spread the word however you can. Or if you like what we're doing, oh, you can do that as well. up again? Yeah. Oh. You have like a mental block on I that. I do. You know what? Let's just put that out there. If you like what you're doing, if you're happy and you know it, spread the word on this yeah. podcast. Get on Facebook. Tell yes. someone. Hey. I'm happy and they're good. I'm special and people like me. Yeah. That's my line. Wait, okay. Uh, yeah. So what's today about? Well, uh, with the recent reveal of the Star Wars Ultimate Collector Series Assault on Hoth set, there's been a lot of complaints about how this Ultimate set has been put together. Uh, one of the most vocal arguments has been it lacks a couple base plates to mount all the separate elements into one cohesive display. Um, and that got uh, got us thinking... What happened to base plates? Are they disappearing? Is, are aliens stealing them? Are aliens stealing them? Is it a big conspiracy by big plastic? There's a, there's been a lot of talk. Uh, but let's let's see. Let's test the theory. Are base plates disappearing? Uh, so to do that, we'll do what we like to do on this show and start at the beginning. <laughs> we really should invest in that sound effect. We need a time machine sound effect. Yeah, we do. We do this often. Uh Please, at home, imagine your favorite time machine sound effect, whether it's traveling at 88 miles or as a police box, whatever you like. Insert here. Yes. Uh, okay, so base plates are as old as Lego bricks. In fact, they're even older. Uh, the first base plates were made around 1951 as part of the automatic binding brick system that predates the Lego name change, and they themselves were based on the Kittycraft uh, blocks base plates that Lego mm, borrowed for production controversy uh so the first base plates were uh 10 by 20 studs and uh, they were about as thick as a modern lego plate hmm. um, by the time the automatic binding bricks were changing to the lego name in 1953 the base plates had grown to be the same height as a standard lego brick for added strength and durability most of the sets released in this early era included at least one 10 by 20 base plate as it provided a solid foundation to build on uh, since the bricks lacked the now famous clutch power of modern bricks, uh, that was very important because you could not move your model around <laughs> as gravity would take care of it. So that's the early base plates. Uh, over the following years, base plates got thinner and they arrived in more sizes, but for the most part, they were still rectangles covered in studs uh, to hold a model and maybe some other accessories on it until someone realized they didn't have to be covered in studs. Dun, dun, dun. I know that sounds way more dramatic than it really <laughs> should be. Uh, but in 1967, Lego released their first modified base plates in set 080, Ambassador set. And this included four base plates with studs around the outside and where the buildings were to be built. And that's it, flat everywhere else. Um, I guess the idea is uh, Lego didn't believe that children could count out studs from the edge and would build the model in weird ways and weird places if they didn't show them exactly where to put the bricks down well, yeah and i i kind of almost wonder if it was that it gave you uh because you know when you're a kid sometimes you're driving your little vehicle over the building that you've built mm -hmm. and you're like Grrr. you're like why is this whole parking lot filled with speed bumps i don't know I'd sometimes i maybe when i was a kid i'd be like i wish this was smooth here 
I guess it's also called floor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If you're playing on carpet, I don't know. It. Uh, I. I. My guess is they really thought it would just speed up the building time and Maybe. kids could get to the playing faster. Yeah. That's that's my theory. Because kids it. don't know anything. Kids don't know anything. That's one thing we know for sure. Kids don't know nothing. Uh, by 1969, Lego realized that uh, the base, base plates from the Ambassador's set severely limited a child's ability to produce new buildings. Uh, but they still didn't think the kids could build the models properly without at least a little help. So they introduced three new base plates with printed patterns on top to aid in the building process. Um, so they added uh, uh, 16 by 24 uh, base plate with rounded corners and dots for the set 344, which built a beautiful bungalow. Hmm. Uh, and then they had a 24 by 32 set with uh, dots in the set 346 pattern. And this was a classic house with a carport and a car. And my favorite of this era, uh, a 24 by 32 base plate with dots for the set 345, which built a modern house complete with a carport, a car, and a TV antenna. Modern modernity? Modernity. Mod, mod, modern. Modularnity. Uh, and this um, definitely struck a chord with uh, children of that era. Uh, as um, local Canadian artist Douglas Copeland would use 100 of these uh, replicas of this set and put them in a grid pattern as part of his art exposition. It, it certainly exemplifies suburbia. Yes. It's, it's Here it is. Here's your little boxes. 100 of them all with the car in exactly the same place. I think that printed pattern idea goes well with your theory of the earlier one that, hey, kids, you, you're you're dumb you don't know how to build let us give you the the thing because yeah. if they if these ones just came out with no dots you you wouldn't know really but i mean the dots on these kind of really tell you yeah this yeah. is a pretty prescriptive play hey yeah. kid put the thing here i wonder like were they did they have children play with the early sets and they were like oh they don't know how to start at all and then maybe they would probably not with that accent because they're danish but yes <laughs> Texas slash Danish. I don't, I don't know what that was. And the uh, yeah, maybe the uh, they found it was less intimidating for some kids that yeah were you know didn't know how to start or where to start, and it was like here you start here. All I know is uh, if uh, if you have parents from that era and they're like back in my day we didn't coddle kids so much, you can go no, yeah. <laughs> no. Let's take a look at the Lego base plates. You were coddled, and they continued to coddle people. Uh, from that uh, 1969 introduction all the way up through 1977, as wow. they have plates with printed dots on them. Huh. Yes. Uh, in 1970, LEGO released the first base plate with a road pattern on it, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, it was, wasn't part of any set. It was a standalone product. It was a 50 by 50 base plate, which is Man. a fair size. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, and it featured a really twisty road that left uh, the center of the three sides of the base plate. So you could position it in many different ways to get a pretty cool track system set up. I like this. I, that's, Me too. I really enjoyed the base plates with the, the big road area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, it's cool. Because, it, I mean, you really do feel like you can build a proper town and it, it, yeah. it kind of inhabits its own little area. This one definitely had more personality uh, yeah. than the... Uh, sort of straighter curve and, and uh, straight ahead and T-section that they would release in 1978, hmm. sort of your classic road ones. Yeah. Um, the twisty turniness is nice. I think it gave it a lot more versatility. You could build some nice racetracks and things. It kind of pushed you in a um, different direction. But there were definitely areas with the curves where you're not going to be building Lego. No. So there's not a lot of curve pieces to go there. Yeah. 
Uh, so I can understand why they went with a more streamlined look in the in the future ones. Hmm. Um, 1978 would also be the year that all the classic basic base plates would arrive. Uh, that's the year they introduced the 32 by 32 base plate, which would show up in 53 sets and 14 different colors over the years. Uh, the 16 by 16 base plate, which arrive in 99 sets and 13 colors, and the king of them all, the 16 by 32 base plate, which would show up in 177 sets over the years in 14 different colors. Um, so yay, 1978. Yeah. My birthday. <laughs> The birth of, let's call it real Lego. <laughs> or at least Lego as I understood it. A fine year for base plates. You're like a, <laughs> like a wine connoisseur. Yes. Come down here. This is where I keep the 78s. Yeah. Records? You, no. You'd have to do it in a uh, climate-controlled area as well. Absolutely. Those, those base plates, they did like to bend and break, uh, for sure, as they're thin and plastic. Uh, the following year, 1979, would see base plates move into a whole new dimension. Yeah. See what I'm going here? Mm. You mention? Because uh, they introduced raised base plates uh, with the 32 by 32 crater plate without crater studs. So mm. this is the early crater plate. Uh, and this allowed children to easily create new worlds for their Lego spacemen to explore. Um, they would not, uh, while people really like this idea and it looked cool in the space theme, they would not make any more raised base plates until 1989 brought us the classic crappy rampant pit plates we would develop the love slash hate relationship with years later now i wonder if what the if it was a manufacturing issue of why that delay like did they have problems with those plates or did they have difficulties making them or i wonder what yeah, drove that even even just how big the boxes were Maybe. would affect yeah the other um, shipping costs would go through the roof yeah or or it's like well what else will we make because it it worked for the moon plate because it was a little ridge that didn't take up a ton of room on the plate so it didn't make the box that much bigger huh. uh, and gave a bit of variety to the scenery. But I don't think they were thinking about mountains and ridges and things like that um, until somebody said, well, what if we raise it up to make the castles look more epic hmm. uh, without, you know, taking up a ton yeah. more? I don't, I have no idea. <laughs> 27 more pounds of bricks. Yes. Uh, or maybe they had to wait for plastic to get a little better, as even and in 1989, maybe those a, uh, a little cheaper. Uh, maybe a little cheaper. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It was the oil in the 70s. Yeah, I don't know. At any rate, it wasn't until 1989, um, and some people rejoiced and other people cried, yeah. and that's and that has continued. <laughs> Uh, from this point on, from 1979 on, uh, base plates would just be variations on the themes established during the era. Era. Now, one thing was a given, though. If you bought a set, you probably got a base plate big enough to hold everything in the set. Until recently, anyways. Mm. Uh, between 1995 and 1999, the 16x16 16 16 base plate appears in 30 sets. The 16x32 base plate appears in 47 sets over the same era. Between 2005 and 2009, the 16x16 16 16 base plate appears in only 16 sets, and the 16 by 32 base plate appears in only 28 sets. That means these base plates show up in almost half as many sets in the uh, the greater decade, despite the fact that Lego made 879 more sets between 2005 and 2009 than they did between 95 and 99. Hmm. So where are they going, Jeff? They're making more is sets. A, is there a warehouse? Yes. Like an Area 52? It's just Lego base plates. 
it's uh yeah they just they they just kind of went away yeah. uh, in fact in more recent times they're even less common with a 16 by 16 base plate only appearing in two more sets after 2009 uh before being replaced by the thicker plate they tend to put in now which is a a regular plate mm-hmm. that can be snapped onto things um, the 16 by 32 base plate only shows up 17 more times over the last seven years and appears in zero sets in 2014 and 15. Hmm. Yeah, so that's uh, pretty amazing for the fact that the 16 by 32 base plate was the more popular one. Yeah, well, uh, 177 sets. 177 in sets, colors. and then nothing for two years. Yeah. Um, and so far in 2016, it appears in one set. And that being the uh, Ghostbusters set, and I think that's just to extend the base plate that it's on. Huh. So, like the uh, Star Wars Attack on Hoth set mentioned at the beginning of this episode, the missing base plates can seem like a glaring omission. Um, a couple other examples, if you'd like to take a look uh, on the website, is 10249 Winter Toy Shop, which gives you uh, a bench and a tree and the toy shop itself, and they really aren't connected in any way. Hmm. on the set um also there aren't even enough exposed studs to display the eight minifigures included in the set very easily so uh interesting design choice there Hmm. um friends is sort of one of the biggest uh um the biggest lines to omit base plates (laughs) that can maybe use the largest offender i know i'm like it's it's so pretty and colorful how can you be offended by (laughs) it but we can (laughs) Uh, if you take a look at set 41101, Heart Lake Grand Hotel, um, beautiful hotel, and then you also build a piano and a bar and a table and chairs, and there's no room inside to place these things. Yeah. <laughs> so you're building interior dollhouse things yeah. with no room to put them. And really, if they just put a larger base plate underneath it, um, you could put them sort of behind the walls of the hotel or extend the walls of the hotel and uh, and it would feel like you have more well, going Jeff, on. The Heartlight Grand Hotel is so wealthy that they just put the 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 piano down in in the pool or down. right by the fountain. There is yeah. a fountain. <laughs> throw it out back, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. And then uh, one for me, and I do love this set six zero one three zero Prison Island. Yeah, that's a beautiful set. It is. Just imagine how much more epic it would totally. look if they used a ramp and pit plate. Well, the minute we were looking at it yeah. and talking about that, you were like, yeah, I can see Rikers Island kind of yeah. idea. Like you see it, a prison island. It's called, you know, prison island. Exactly. It does not look like an island. An island should have like a rocky beach. And it's like, yeah, I imagine the prisoners escaping on their homemade yeah. life raft down the, you know, horrible rocks and stuff. Exactly. At the very least, if they put a blue base plate underneath it it would look like it's on the water yeah yeah that's totally it exactly you know so now i've got to paint my floor blue yep so my kids can play with the prison island and this is already an expensive set <sighs> in a giant box it's just too much to ask yeah lego <laughs> um yeah so i guess we have to say have base plates gone away it looks like it hmm. um do we miss them I think it really depends on if you're talking to children or if you're talking to adult collectors. It does seem, yeah, I don't know. My kids use them mm-hmm. and they, cause they can carry it around the house and show off their creations and yep. then bring it back in the room and put it somewhere. Yes. After, cause I'm like, put it away. I'm going to vacuum it up. <laughs> so it, it, 
it helps in that regard. Whereas my daughter doesn't have any, as much base plates and there's Lego everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. It's like, Oh, awesome. There's friends all over the place. See, I don't know. Cause my kids, um, I built them a Lego table where I actually glue down base plates onto mm. an old train table. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the idea being they could stick their creations on there or build the cities up or whatever they like, they never stick anything to the table. Huh. It's always on the floor and spread out. Yeah. So, I don't know if that has ergonomics to do, or? maybe or the way the sets are built now and they sort of encourage that because it's a lot of, you know, different builds that go together yeah. um, or because they like the different angles or they just like lying on the floor. I'm not sure. I guess the one advantage is that you can incorporate elements from different sets. And mm-hmm. Like you said, bring it, merge them together. Whereas if you've got to stick them all down, it's more of a commitment to yeah. then you got to peel that, you know, little weird plate off of the base plate and yep. then. Yeah, and it's it's easier to just be like, okay, I'm getting rid of this modular element now. Yeah. And we're going to bring this other one in. Now we're in, in a bakery. We're no mm-hmm. longer in a prison. So maybe, you know, Lego, as they as they always do, they've had kids playing with the sets. Yeah, they're observing the psychology of play. Exactly. And they're like, you know what? Kids don't want everything stuck at 90 degree angles. Huh. Uh, and, what? And yeah, I know, weird, right? And they like to spread out when they play and make huh. the worlds bigger. Um, whereas when we were kids, the world was a smaller place and we were okay with it existing on 32 by 32 yeah. base plate in front of us. I don't know. It was more about adults thinking this is how the world works. It's, it is those little boxes mm-hmm. made of ticky tacky. Mm-hmm. Like they, you should have it in grids and squares. And if it's not, it's not ordered and it doesn't belong here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. And also I feel when I was a kid, I would play Lego in the public space more. Hmm. And so it had to be lifted up and carried away at the end of the day. Right. Whereas so like in the living room or yeah, where, yeah. in the, in the foot around where areas. the parents were exactly. Yeah. But now kids tend to play more in their rooms maybe, and they have more space to spread out and they can leave things spread out yeah. maybe. And it also, I guess, displayability. Well, that's the other thing with, I in, think why adults like it. They want the base plates because it set, it defines the display space. Or I was thinking it would, it allows you more flexibility in your design space when you don't have it. Absolutely. And I think um, a great example of that is the set 70751, Temple of Erjitsu. Hmm. Um, this is a set that I think would be ruined if they added a base I think plate. It, it, it's so many weird angles and stuff. Weird angles, set. beautiful lines, but it is still a self-contained, cohesive it is. display. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's what it comes down to with the base plates. The it's, aesthetics. It, the, the Assault on Hoth set, it's not necessarily that it doesn't have base plates that upset people. Huh. It's that it doesn't look connected. Right. Right. If if it looked as beautiful and as well put together and as connected as the Temple of Erjitsu set, people will be all over it and super excited to build it. I think when Lego is you know photographing these things, they're photographing them in these beautiful white light box type mm-hmm. studio settings. You know, your floor is brown right. or some other color. Like when you go to play with some of these sets that have very specific settings mm-hmm. and you you don't have blue or white or whatever it is, yeah, it kind of detracts from the whole setting that you're trying to create. So sometimes you kind of need it. Like it, you want to set off that white yeah. set with a beautiful snowy white base plate setting which is really tough because they don't make a snowy white base plate yeah and i don't know if that's a like we're just gonna, yeah mm-hmm. is it like the plastics that you maybe yeah. you white plastic is a little bit more ri- uh, they have rigid. made white they make a lot of white plates they make yeah. a lot of they've made white base plates in the past yeah um it's one of those things where uh, they just a couple of years ago released the the sandy brown the sand i guess colored base mm-hmm. plate right before that it was gray or blue hmm. or green so it's one of those things where we want more. Yeah. 
Um, and I think even adults, if they release just ba- if they're not going to put them in the sets, give more variety on the base plates I, that the adults can buy. I know in manufacturing, white is not light fast or mm-hmm. whatever you steadfast under light, like the UV rating on white plastics yeah. is not good. Black is your best. Mm-hmm. It has all the crazy additives. So it might just be that white, it tends, those base plates, if they're left out in the living room yep. and they hit the sun, they might not last long. Yep. That's true. And they they so, certainly discolor. And that from Lego's perspective would be if you have a anything that degrades at all mm-hmm. would seem like a faulty product and you wouldn't want that perception right. to be it doesn't live up to their standards of quality yeah the perceptual yeah. quality so i don't know i don't know if that's a factor at all or if we're, we've moved past that technically yep or is it uh there's rumors that lego used to outsource the base plate production mm-hmm. it uses different manufacturing techniques than their their standard molds there's lots of reasons why they don't yeah uh, and I think if they continue to put out sets like Assault on Hoth that scream out yeah. for that, that combining, <laughs> people will perceive it as a big deal. Yeah. If they put out more sets like Temple of Air Jitsu that, that look put together properly, yeah, right. it'll go away. So, so I don't, I don't, yeah, it's not so much that base plates have gone away. It really comes down to me anyway, as a design issue. I think so. Where they, if they tighten that up. If they get used to the new aesthetic, yeah. if they don't make sets that look like they're, you know, a four in one where you're just doing a bunch of unrelated or tangentially related m- mini builds, yeah. um, then they'll be fine. So they need to design uh, no base plates, but the feel of base plates. Just cohesive. Yeah. Cohesiveness. Just, yeah. Something that says, this is what this looks exactly. like. It all belongs together. Yeah. yeah. Um, rather than these things are all part of the same theme. Right. Right. So... Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, that's what I think it comes down to. Uh, and there'll definitely be people that always want base plates. And there'll be people that are happy they're gone. Because yeah. they don't like the flimsy feel and the way they roll and the fact they crack. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see going forward. Uh, I guess we should ask you out there in listener land. Is that a place? I think so. Sure. That's where they all live. Hey, listener land. Uh, should Lego move back to including more base plates and larger sets? Do you like the new freedom Lego designers have now that they're free from base plates? Uh, let us know. Again, you can leave a comment on the website or you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at still sorting. And uh, let us know if listener land looks like the Douglas Copeland yes. setting. I'm sure it does. That's where you all live. I think as a Lego fan, you see that and you go, oh, I wish I had all those sets. <laughs> oh, that'd be beautiful. Mm-hmm. Until next time, I'm James. And I'm Jeff.